welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good evening and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue our candidate forum series as we head towards the May 3rd primary. And indeed, mark your calendar for that. Uh, The primary is May 3rd with all the distractions set aside now. Um, And it's off and running. In fact, early voting has already begun, even though it's very low. And probably a good thing for that because people need to vet the candidates between now and the primary day of May 3rd. That's what this program is about. The Ohio Christian Alliance provides educational voter guides as well on our website at ohioca.org. And you can visit there. Also, if you want to get a sample ballot, we put a link from the Secretary of State's office uh, where you can go back to your county um, elections board and see your sample ballot. I pulled mine today. I wanted to see what was going to be on my ballot. So that is available as well. So if you visit our website, of course, you can get that at the Secretary of State's website. But we make the link a little easier for those of uh, that are tracking us on our website, and, and it will read what's on my ballot. Just click on that, click on your county, and then uh, put in your name, and then you'll be able to see what's on your ballot for May 3rd. Well, with that, also want to talk about the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet is coming up uh, Thursday, May 12th, and our keynote speaker is former Senator Rick Santorum, and Rick is going to rejoin us. Uh, We've had him over the years, and we're glad to have him back, and we're going to be talking about a a lot of important issues with Rick uh, that night. It will be in Columbus at the Crown Plaza, and again, you can register for the dinner at our website at ohioca.org. Well, without further ado, I want to get to our first uh, candidate tonight, and that is Jane Timken. She is the former chairwoman of the Ohio Republican Party. She served for several years in that role, and also she's an attorney, and she uh, is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. Uh, Jane, welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to spend some time with you. Well, as we were just talking, it's just three weeks to the uh, primary election, so this has been a a really long race that you're running, and it's coming down to the wire now. Yep, um, we're really excited about where we are. Um, We feel very good about this election, encouraging everybody to get out and vote. You know, at the end of the day, this is about electability and who's best to defeat Tim Ryan. Um, You know, I like to say we've got a lot of show horses in this race, but I'm the workhorse. And Chris, you know, President Trump supported me to become the chair of the Republican Party. I took on the Kasich establishment. Uh, you know, and people told me I was going to run into a buzzsaw. I knew that I needed to step up and do what was right because the Ohio Republican Party had pulled away from Donald Trump. And I turned it into a pro-Trump America first party. And we won victories in 2018 and delivered Ohio for President Trump, especially when, you know, a lot of other battleground states didn't do their job. Um, I protected to make sure, you know, the vote to make sure we had election integrity here in Ohio. And President Trump won by eight and a half points. And I've been in the trenches fighting for those America first policies that were working for Ohio families. You know, when we were securing the southern border, we were bringing American jobs back. We had record low unemployment. Um, we had good trade deals. Uh, we were had energy independence. All those things are the things I'm going to go to the Senate and fight for. And we need someone who has the grit and grace to get things done. And that's that's just me. And I can't 
can't wait to take on Tim Ryan in this general election and keep this seat. Well, and there's a lot of issues on the table, and I think what has been notable about your campaign is that you're not shy with the public. You're out there. You're at every candidate forum. You're out there meeting with voters all across the state of Ohio. What are you hearing from voters as you travel the state? What's their concerns right now? Yeah, there's, I mean, inflation is top of mind. So is the southern border. Uh, I'm hearing from a lot of folks about uh, you know, what's going on at the southern border. They're very concerned about the drugs, and the crime, human trafficking, illegal immigration coming across the southern border. You know, the Biden administration has just absolutely failed us on the southern border, and they refuse to do anything about it or recognize that. Same thing with inflation. Um, you know, inflation was rising last year, well before um, Putin invaded Ukraine, and it's because of their failed policies their attacks on our oil and gas industry. You know, we were energy independent. We were producing uh, oil and gas and exporting it under President Trump. Uh, And now we're begging Venezuela and Iran to produce more oil. These are bad policies for our country. Um, And then, you know, uh, Chris, I spend a lot of time talking about parents' rights and education. Um, I'm a, as I said, I'm a mom on a mission to take our country back. And taking back our country starts with taking back our classroom. We've seen far too often that um, the indoctrination of our children in these classrooms, uh, they've been teaching our children to hate America, very divisive uh, concepts of critical race theory and comprehensive sex education. Uh, this is just absolutely wrong. Our children deserve better. Our parents deserve better. We can't have the Department of Justice weaponized to go after parents who are just standing up for their kids. Uh, you know, the Department of Justice worked with the National School Board Association to declare parents domestic terrorists. Unbelievable. It's outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. And, 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 you know, we see it time and time again, and, and the news media uh, refuses to recognize it, uh, but I've been out there calling them out on it. Uh, we really uh, need to stand with these parents who are standing up for their kids. Uh, it's about the American dream. And I believe in school choice and parents' rights to know what the curriculum is. We need to not only reform, but probably defund the Department of Education that pushes a lot of this through federal grants. Uh, It is destroying our country from within. It's got to stop. We're talking with Jane Timken. She is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. The primary is May 3rd, and Jane will be on the ballot on May 3rd. Jane, as we continue to talk about uh, you know energy abundance under President Trump, just how quickly that has changed under President Obama, just the opposite of that, where he's cut off the XL pipeline. Uh, one of the questions we have on our uh, survey, would you uh, reconstitute the construction of the uh, XL pipeline, you know, if and so vote for that if you were uh, to elected to uh, Congress to to the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it makes so much sense. It, first of all, he, when Biden cut off the Keystone pipeline, he killed a lot of good paying jobs. Um, we are, it, to me, energy independence is not only about economic security, but it's about our national security. Uh, we have 250,000 jobs related to the oil and gas industry here in Ohio. I'm going to protect those jobs and grow those jobs. Um, you know, uh, we are a big manufacturing state, and I talk to manufacturers and producers. They need reliable sources of energy, especially good companies that produce bricks and tile. They rely on gas to produce those products. And if they're 
gas prices have skyrocketed. So everything's going up. Um, but, you know, it's not just our manufacturers. Our farmers are paying more and fertilizer and seed. It is just an untenable situation. And I lay this at the hands of Joe Biden, the Democrats. Their policies have been so wrong for this country. And that's what's motivating me to run for the Senate. I want to turn things around. I want to take our country back. Enough is enough with the nonsense. Every day, Ohioans see that at the pump, uh, you know, they saw the skyrocketing of prices at the pump. They see it at the grocery store. Everything is going up. Everywhere they go to buy anything is just skyrocketed in price. Uh, We've heard rumor of 40-year high inflation, but here comes the proof of it today. The Bureau of Labor Statistics issued the report today that basically gives the detail of that it's now a 40-year high of inflation. Uh, And so, like, as you said, energy costs... Uh, are driving that because everything has to be transported, and even the farms are being hit. When the president was talking about over in Ukraine uh, that he said there was going to be food shortages, and I don't think people realize exactly how serious that is, and yet when we see that the cost of everything of putting seed in the ground and the fertilizers, and farmers are facing it right now back here in Ohio of the farming uh, culture of Ohio, is facing these this uh, the dragon of inflation. It's a big, big problem. Your thoughts on that, Jane? Well, it's a major problem, uh, and it's it's not just energy costs and seed costs and fertilizer costs. We also have a hyper regulate regulatory environment with the Biden administration. Uh, they're trying to reinstitute all of the terrible regulations. I don't know if you're familiar with the waters of the United States, which basically gives the Army Corps of Engineers the right to go on to someone's property and regulate uh, puddles and ponds on farms. Um, But their tax policies have been absolutely terrible. They're pushing to eliminate the estate tax exemption and raise taxes on on property, uh, unrealized gains, which means, you know, a lot of farmers own a lot of property, but they haven't sold it, but they want to tax them on that. Uh, Quite frankly, this is part of their redistribution of wealth policies. They are socialists. They are not Democrats. Right. And their policies are not only going to harm our, our good farmers, but every small business owner. Uh, and they're the lifeblood of job creation here in Ohio. Uh, and so I'm so passionate about running for the Senate because we need people like me who understand these issues, who are going to call the Democrats out on this and make sure we pass good policies and good legislation and hold these regulatory agencies accountable because a lot of farmers, a lot of business owners are getting whiplash from one regular regular one agency regulating one way and, and another another way. Um, they spend thousands of dollars trying to comply um, and, and you know it, and it hampers business. It, it, it's a terrible situation. We've got to turn our economy around. We've got to get our national security in a good spot and a lot of it has to do with our energy policy. So we're getting hit with inflation, and it's hitting people very uh, personally every week. You know, I was at the pump on Sunday, and I was hearing a man complaining about filling up the truck, and he said, it's $73 to fill this truck of what it once was. And uh, as I'm pumping my gas, and I realized mine was $74. And I'm like, that is far greater than what people used to do to fill up their vehicles just uh, just, uh, 18 months ago. 
And so under the Biden administration, again, by this very socialist uh, doctrine that they have of climate change, which is, again, a very faulty science uh, at that, in that they're attacking us in our very real lives every day. And this is what people are facing. Also, the southern border, when we see an invasion there, and they're talking about this next month as the weather warms up, we're going to see another caravan of people coming across the southern border. You know, candidates in this U.S. Senate race in Ohio have been to the southern border more than Kamala Harris, who the president has designated as the uh, czar for the southern border. Uh, Jane, you've been to the southern border. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's another failed um, Biden-Harris policy. She's done absolutely nothing to secure the southern border. Uh, They just rolled back Title 42, which was our mechanism to be able to return people um, because of COVID. The hypocrisy is just out outrageous. They still have masks on toddlers in New York City, but they're allowing people to come in across the southern border with no vaccine, no testing. Um, It it is just, I think, the worst border policy we've ever seen. They just rolled back every single one of President Trump's policy. Building the wall was absolutely right. We need to to build the wall. He had the remain in Mexico policies. We need to deport criminal, I- illegal immigrants now. We can- we have no idea who these people are who are coming in on the southern border. We are in a very dangerous, I think, national security situation globally. And to not be able to vet the people that are coming into our country, it's outrageous. We've seen they had you know 2.2 million illegal immigrant uh, crossings last year. We're on track to have tens of thousands on a daily basis. Not only uh, is it um, a national security issue, but it's human trafficking and drugs. I, you know, Chris, I spent a lot of time talking to our sheriffs um, and they're on the front lines, our police officers of drug interdiction. And every single time, every day, they're catching people with drugs. They're dealing with the drug overdoses. I was um, up in Ashtabula, and there's an EMS um, agency uh, that said that they had given out already enough Narcan to more than double the population of the, of the community they, they serve. Oh, uh, wow. devastating. You know, and here's the reality. As, as I said, I was down at the southern border, and I talked to a, a county sheriff, an American county sheriff at the border, and he said, you know, the only people who are down here are picking up drugs or dropping somebody off, and nobody's up to any good down here. And it's it's really, I think, uh, it, it, it is just devastating policy for this country because not only is it bringing crime and drugs, but uh, it, it we're putting our national security at risk and our sovereignty at risk. And uh, the fact that the Democrats are sticking their head in the sand and not doing anything about it is outrageous to me. And I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. and secure the southern border and fight for it. It makes common sense. That's the thing that I don't get, because we need to fight for our families and our our community security. And they're just doing nothing about it. So in Washington, obviously, as they let all these illegals unvetted over the border and that, uh, as you say, we don't know who these people are. And the Democrats are just hoping that they'll uh, be uh, seated into society and then eventually they'll be pushing for them to have amnesty. Um, A question on our voter guide, uh, giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the United States support oppose undecided. 
Yeah, no, we cannot give we cannot give amnesty to illegal immigrants. Um, it just encourages more. And you know, they ha- they have laughable policies. I'm sure, Chris, you saw that they're bringing people in and they're giving them free cell phones because they want to be able to communicate with them. Uh, that's ridiculous. These policies—they're incur- every single one of their policies has been encouraging illegal immigration. And Joe Biden himself, when he was running in the presidential primary, said that he would give free health care to illegal immigrants. Uh, you know, this is just dead wrong for our taxpayers. That—that's right. To pay for these. And and just so we could connect the two, the runaway inflation is because of the runaway spending in Washington. Uh, those things are that's the result of it. And that's why we're paying more for everything when the government just prints more money. And so giving these people cell phones, that's ridiculous. Um, here's the next question. Constructing a fence or wall along the entire U.S.-Mexican border to stop the flow of illegal immigrants entering the United States. Support, oppose, undecided. Oh, I support it. I, and walls work. Nancy Pelosi put a wall up around the Capitol, <laughs> right? Yeah. She wanted to protect the Capitol. I mean, that's the hypocrisy of these guys. Uh, you, you know, a lot of these uh, wealthy uh, Democrats in Congress, they've got walls around their compound. Um, they just don't like the wall because it was Trump's idea. Uh, in fact, a lot of these congressmen voted for funding for a wall many years ago. Uh, it, it's, it's about our, and look, I've been there. I've seen this wall. No one's climbing over this wall. I hear that, you know, all these people say, oh, you could climb over a wall. You could dig under a tunnel. It is a substantial structure. It is not something that you can easily climb over. It is a real wall. It is protecting the United States of America. And the fact that Joe Biden just left all of those materials sitting in Texas, rotting away millions of dollars, wouldn't even give it to Texas for them to finish the wall. It's, it's, it, it really is. And of course, we see in Texas and Florida, they're actually, when they do locate some of these illegals that have been over the border, they're starting to bust them up and they want to take them to Washington or to Delaware, <laughs> uh, Joe Biden's home state. So this is going to be interesting how this plays out. The next question on our voter guide, Parental Rights Act, clarifying that the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children shall include their education, health care, discipline, and religious training. Do you support that? Absolutely. I mean, as a mom, I'm in charge of my children and their upbringing, their religious education, their education. Uh, That's why I'm a big believer in school choice. Parents should be empowered to put their kids in the best school. Um, To me, education is the key to the American dream. And, And the fact that we we saw on display when Terry McAuliffe in that Virginia debate said the quiet part out loud that, you know, he said, oh, I don't think parents should have a say in what's being taught to their children. That's outrageous. And it's, again, another example of what the left wants to do. They want to break up the family. They believe this is their socialist ideals. They believe in the collective. They believe that all these children of ours belong to them. It's absolutely wrong. Parents are in charge of their children. They are your children. Um, and I got to tell you, they poke the mama and papa bears over these issues. And you've seen it, Chris. You've seen people run for school board. You've seen them show up at school board meetings. Yes. Uh, they, they, they are in charge of their children. They're the ones that love their children. 
And uh, they are the ones who are going to be guiding their children through their lives to make sure that they have the best upbringing possible in their family values. And Absolutely. That is so critically important. Um, I, you know, I wasn't going to let some teacher indoctrinate my children. You know, I raised my kids and I, my husband and I are their best examples of, you know, they're teaching them good values and, and how to, you know, love your neighbor and take care of people and stand up for what you believe in. Well, the the one result of the lockdowns last year is it's awoken a sleeping giant when people realized what their kids were learning in school when they had to do the self-study uh, tutelage at their own home and said, what in the world is going on here? Well, real quick, I want to get to you on the pro-life issue. The Dobbs decision should be handed down at any time. Many believe that uh, the court and prayerfully over the years we were praying for a pro-life decision that would basically strike down Roe v. Wade. Are you in support in the event that the court would strike down Roe v. Wade and send it back to the states? Your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, my hope is is that Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, you know, one of the best things that Donald Trump did was appoint pro-life constitutional conservatives not only to the Supreme Court but to many uh, federal courts. Uh, look, this has been devastating. We've seen, uh, I think it's now 65 million abortions. Uh, this is absolute wrong policy. And we see that the Democrats are continuing to push to fund Planned Parenthood. Uh, I, Chris, I'm sure you probably saw the stories coming out of Washington, D.C. last week of the discarded remains of yes. aborted babies. Horrible. Um, this, this is horrible. This is devastating. Um, the Democrats are so wrong on these policies. Uh, the fact that Ohio State was sending Valentine's cards to abortion providers, that's disgusting. Um, so, look, we, we've got some strong um, bills that are uh, in Ohio. Uh, I support the heartbeat bill. Uh, I am uh, very confident in our, you know, one of the reasons why I fought so hard for uh, us to have a, a large majority in the state house is because of some of these pro-life issues, because uh, our Republican legislature will stand up and protect life. And Chris, I don't know if you know, I've spent a lot of time, I, uh, last year, um, spending time with pregnancy centers. Um, I'm a big believer in supporting pregnancy centers. They're on the front lines of of a lot of women making the choice for life. Yes, and they are. They've saved so many babies. And um, my mother was a midwife and a labor and delivery nurse. She spent uh, her whole career bringing babies into the world. And, uh, you know, I'm very influenced by her love of that. Um, and she spent uh, in her retirement time working at the Pregnancy Center East in Cincinnati and volunteering and counseling moms and, and raising money for them. And, it's something that I think we should be focusing on is is those pregnancy centers that do such a fantastic job. And we're glad to hear that. Thank you for your stand and thank you for your commitment to life. Uh, we're talking with Jane Timken. She is a candidate for the U.S. Senate on the May 3rd primary. Jane, real quick, how can people follow your campaign, your website? Yes, it's Jane Timken for Ohio, and that's F-O-R, Jane Timken, F-O-R-O-H-I-O.com. And uh, it's Jane Timken, OH, on social. Let's get out there. We're going to win this race. We've got a massive voter contact program, and we're going to cross this finish line and, and ready to take on Tim Ryan in November. Well, thank you, Jane. Thank you so much for being my guest today. God bless you, and thank you for running. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
And uh, if you would just stay tuned, on the other side, we're going to be talking to the another candidate that's running for U.S. Senate, and we're going to give him an equal opportunity. Don't go any, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust and we're back, and we're going to continue our candidate forum. And with us on the phone is J.D. Vance. He is also a candidate for the U.S. Senate. He is an author, he's a veteran, and he's a business owner. And, of course, he's thrown his hat into the U.S. Senate primary, which is May 3rd. And so J.D. will be on your ballot. And, of course, you've seen him on Fox News, on Tucker Carlson, and other uh, media outlets, as he is uh, also uh, a consultant and been able to weigh in on a number of issues. J.D., welcome to the program. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Well, J.D., you've been trafficking the state uh, over the last number of months with your competitors, and you've been at all the candidate forums, which we were glad to see. Uh, These forums are helpful for people to get to know the candidates, and I'm sure you feel the same way that you get to know and see the folks as well and be able to get your message out. So tell us what you're hearing from voters as you traffic across the state over the last several months. What is the greatest concern of Ohio voters going into this primary? Yeah, you know, you're right. It's been a lot of fun, and we've met a lot of good people. Uh, We're actually on the road doing town halls today. We started out in the Toledo area, and then uh, we were in Wadsworth. We just left, actually, and now we're headed to to Central Ohio to do something in suburban Columbus. So we're we're getting out there. I think we've done over 50 town halls at this point, and I love those things. And I think they give, you know, hopefully voters an opportunity to come and meet me and shake my hand and ask questions. And I think that stuff's very important. You know, I, I hear more, I'd say, about inflation and immigration uh, than any two issues. I think a lot of people, uh, they're feeling, you know, they're feeling the inflation crisis 
in, in a very personal way. Um, you know, I, I, I joke sometimes that the Biden economy is great unless you need to buy food, medicine, gasoline, uh, or anything else. And that, that, that sort of sums it up that, you know, used cars are up 35% from last year. Uh, you know, dairy is up 10% from last year. Gasoline, of course, is up 50% from last year. I mean, that's, that's, that's something that, that, that normal people are feeling all across the state. And then, of course, you know, the immigration issue is just such a, a profound stress on our state's resources. Uh, the fentanyl crisis that starts at the southern border, the sex trafficking problem, of course, a lot of criminal gang activity that finds its way to Ohio through the southern border. Uh, those are the things I hear the most about. But, you know, of course, our voters are very smart and they're, they're tuned in and they're, they're worried about a lot of things that are going on. Well, the old coach used to say they are who who we thought they were. And, you know, they came at us saying that they were going to, uh, you know, uh, they're addressing uh, climate change. They're going to get rid of the uh, gas combustion engine. Uh, they're going to cut off the oil and gas industry. They're going to move us towards renewables, which is really cannot be done. Uh, you know, and so all these kinds of things. And then, of course, they were going to do all these spending programs, which they did in the unleashing of that printing of money has caused a 40-year high in inflation. And just as you and I both see and talk to people, uh, it's real. I mean, it's at the gas pump. It's in the grocery store. It's in anything you buy. In fact, uh, one retailer said, uh, we have a sign up that says that we cannot guarantee the listed price. By the time you get to the uh, cash register, it may be greater in value. So inflation wow. is going up that high. Uh, and so, and not only that, our farmers are being hit. You know, when the president was over there in Ukraine and he was talking about, because Ukraine, of course, is the breadbasket of Europe and Russia, and that now with the war going on, that there's going to be food shortages. I mean, I never heard that in my entire life, uh, J.D., but yet uh, the threat is real when you consider what our farmers back here in Ohio are facing with the skyrocketing prices of fertilizer. One, uh, I think it was the treasurer, told me it went from $11 a gallon to 70 some dollars a gallon. Uh, this is real cost in one year and trying to put the seed in the plant in the ground. So, folks, I mean, hang on, uh, stock your shelves, because things are going to get worse. And even today, uh, J.D., the Bureau of Labor Statistics, it's not a theory, it's now fact. They have their whole report up there. It's now historic, a 40-year high of inflation. Your thoughts? Well, I, I think that you know we're being hit by so many different crises. And let's start with the energy issue, right? So uh, the Biden administration comes in with this very ideological approach, this idea that you know, burning fossil fuels is somehow evil. It's terrible for the environment, which, of course, I disagree with them. But even if you take their view at face value, their policies are, do not mean that we burn less fossil fuel. They just mean that we're buying it from the worst people in the world and we're empowering the dirtiest economies in the world. So if you want to have a cleaner economy, you should want to produce more oil, let's say in America, the cleanest economy in the world, uh, than, in, than in Russia, Venezuela, or Iran. If you want to have a healthier uh, environment, then you should not want China to manufacture everything because it's the dirtiest economy in the entire world. Far more uh, environmental damage comes out of China than pretty much any other country uh, in the entire world. Uh, you mentioned the fertilizer issue. I'm glad you brought it up because this is something that you know, I've heard a lot about in the past year. Uh, farmers, of course, you know, fertilizer is a critical part of them producing the crops that all of us rely on. And, you know, you're exactly right. Uh, the fertilizer has gotten far more expensive. We used to buy about 15% of our fertilizer from Russia. Uh, now we're sanctioning Russian fertilizer, which, which is kind of a double whammy 
of bad policy because it doesn't mean that Vladimir Putin or Russia is suffering economically. In fact, the price has gone up. So Vladimir Putin gets richer. The people who get poorer are America's farmers. Uh, and of course, eventually that's going to trickle down to all of us when they can't grow food at, in an economical way. So it's just all of these things happening at the same time. Uh, it's getting worse. And the crazy thing is, Chris, it seems like nobody is actually behind the engine. You have all of these problems and nobody is actually behind the wheel of the car making sure that these problems get addressed. Uh, in fact, to the extent we have a government at all, it seems to be making things worse and doing it in a very intentional way. So it, it really is extraordinary. I can't think of a time, you know, I, look, I've disagreed with other presidents. I've agreed with other presidents. I thought that they had good policies or bad policies. I've never seen a border crisis where it seems like the president is encouraging it to get worse. I've never seen an inflation crisis where the president seems to be doubling down on the thing that made it bad in the first place. And again, this is why we need to send senators uh, who, who are actually going to fight back against this stuff. The Senate has a remarkable amount of leverage over Joe Biden if, if Republicans are willing to use it. We just have to get senators in there who are willing to do just that. We're talking with J.D. Vance. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. The primary is May 3rd, just three weeks away. Uh, actually, on our website, you can uh, visit and get some information about what's on my ballot. In fact, it's a link from the Secretary of State's website. Click on that link, what's on my ballot. It will take you to your home county, Board of Elections, and you can actually see a sample ballot. So follow that link. Again, the primary is May 3rd. Again, we just talked about inflation being a 40-year high. Everybody's feeling it. It's, uh, it's not doesn't look like it's going to subside. In fact, this uh, report by the... Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics saying that it's not going to go away. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's it's gotten greater in the last month, and so uh, too many factors weighing in here. JD, it's just crazy. When we look at the southern border as well, the candidates in this race have actually taken more trips to the southern border than Kamala Harris, who the president designated <laughs> as the czar of the southern border. Uh, your thoughts on the southern border and the immigration crisis? I mean, you know, the invasion that's taking place uh, on our southern border and coming in and bringing drugs, by the way. You know, I, 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 I joke sometimes um, that, it, you know, I used to think that the problems were caused by our leaders being not very smart. And now I'm starting to wonder if, if the problem is caused by our leaders actively trying to, to, to mess the country up. Uh, but I make an exception for Kamala Harris because every time she opens her mouth on the world stage, uh, I, I wonder what exactly is going on. Uh, and, and how she thinks that what she's saying is making any situation better. It's just a, a really extraordinary uh, position that we're in where we have both a president and a vice president who seem to scare the world every time they open their mouth. That's very new, of course, uh, for, for America, of course, for the leader of the world. Um, I, I think that what's going on at the southern border, you know, Chris, this, this issue is very personal to me. I've, I've known people in my own family uh, who have had overdoses, who have been affected by the opioid problem. Uh, some of them, you know, have been clean now. And what they will tell you is the stuff that is on America's streets today, uh, the fentanyl that's primarily manufactured in China but shipped into this country through our poorest southern border, is the deadliest stuff that's ever been on the streets of this country. You, you, have, you have 16-year-old kids uh, you hear about who die of fentanyl overdoses because they buy marijuana, uh, which is one of the many reasons why, by the way, we, we need to fight marijuana legalization in this country and in the state. Uh, but you, you hear all of these incredible stories of people uh, who have gotten killed by this drug problem. It's now the leading cause of death among 18 to 45-year-olds in our country. 
and it's all directly caused, caused by the southern border crisis. You know, when Joe Biden says that his immigration policies are compassionate, I always think to myself of, of, of the woman I met who runs a Christian ministry outside of Youngstown, who just picked up 13- and 14-year-old boys uh, who were sex trafficked in our state because of Joe Biden's open border. I think of all the people who lost moms, dads, children to the fentanyl problem that's caused by his border policies. It's not compassionate to anyone. It's not compassionate to the people who are south of the border. It's not compassionate to our own citizens. It really, really needs to stop. I think this is crisis number one for our country right now, Chris. If you think about you know, our, our country, America, I like to think of as a house that we all live in. Uh, we've got a lot of remodeling that we need to do, but the first thing we need to do is put out the house fire, and the house fire is what's going on at the southern border. Well, we've always been a welcoming nation, for sure, but don't steal in in the night. Uh, we don't, you know, because we, we wonder if you're coming in as a thief in the night, you're not vetted, we don't know who you are, we don't know where you've come from, we don't know what your intentions are. So it's not about we don't believe in immigration, we believe in the proper immigration. And what about those people who have been waiting in line, uh, those people that came through properly through the immigration process? Uh, it's not fair to them. And I don't think that's being said enough out there in the general public because because basically there's a large disinformation campaign. Uh, your candidacy has been out there telling people across the state and the others that are running with you, you're telling the truth. Uh, this radical leftist Marxist uh, agenda by this administration. And we say Joe Biden, but i got to tell you, J.D., this man is not really cognizant to be president. Anyone seeing him <laughs> wandering around in the White House, it's a very sad situation. Uh, you know, the Democrats really do need to invoke the 25th Amendment, but, you know, they... they just don't seem to have the will to do that, even though they know in some fashion they're going to have to get rid of Joe Biden. Will he resign? Will it be the 25th? Uh, what, will, what will be the calamity that, that this man, because it doesn't look as if he can uh, basically wait out the whole four years. That being said, the Saudis actually are lampooning, you know. I saw this video last night. I never saw this before. This uh, Saudi uh, Arabia, there was a comedic uh, video that was released of the president and uh, Kamala Harris. And, I mean, that's how they're actually mocking and lampooning our president. That's, you know, th these are the people that said, now the adults are in the room. Oh, dear Lord, save us. Uh, what we really do is need the adults. You're one, one, of them, one of them running for office, J.D. Your thoughts on all that? Well, you know, other countries used to respect the leadership of this country, frankly, whether they were Democrats or Republicans, uh, and that has really changed. I mean, you, you mentioned that Saudi Arabian video where they're making fun of the president and the vice president, and the sad thing is you watch it, you kind of understand where they're coming from, because it is really sad to have a president who seems to not know where he is. I, you know, I, the more that I thought about, you know, why would you choose Kamala Harris as your vice president? She's not politically effective. She, you know... She didn't even make it to the first primary state, no. the Democrat primary. You may remember that from 2020. I, I, my theory, Chris, is that it's an insurance policy, that Joe Biden knew that if Kamala Harris was behind him in line, no matter how bad he got, no matter how disastrous his presidency became, uh, he would know that people were terrified to put her in charge instead of him. And I, and I think that that, is, that has been the plan. Is you know Kamala Harris is the one person you wouldn't want to have as president uh, over Joe Biden. But, but I agree with you that there's off about it. It feels like we're not being told who's really in charge of our government. I mentioned this video at the White House where, you know, Barack Obama, you know, why he was there to you know, sell some policy. Um, and, and it's, you know, of course, he's not the president anymore. 
And and everyone is going up to Barack Obama and shaking his hand, and everybody's sort of circling around him. That's right. Joe Biden is kind of floating off in the background. It's like he's the president of the United States in the White House, and, and you would think that he was just you know a random stranger who walked into the wrong room. He was acting. About it, it, it was it was sad. You know, Tucker Carlson played that. I've shared that with people. I said, as painful as as this is, you've got to watch this fifteen minute seg- segment, and it really is. Uh, very scary. And I think Americans really need to take a very close look at that. One, we need to pray for our country like never before, because we really have someone who's not all up there as the president. And uh, it makes you wonder who is really calling the shots and basically making the decisions behind the scene. We're talking with J.D. Vance. He is running for U.S. Senate. The May 3rd primary is just three weeks away. And so uh, also, J.D., want to ask you a couple of questions along the uh, the southern border. So we have a, a questionnaire. Constructing a fence or a wall along the entire U.S.-Mexico border to stop the flow of illegal immigrants entering the United States. Support, oppose, undecided. Uh, support 100%, Chris. And I, you know, this is one of the things that we've learned, really, if, if we needed to learn it, is that walls really do work. And where we have a big immigration problem is typically, especially in Arizona, where you don't have the portions of the wall completed. Uh, if you complete Trump's border wall, I really think that you do 90% of the work that you have to do to solve the border problem. I've also come out in favor of declaring Mexican drug and, uh, and also, you know, cutting off welfare for illegal immigrants because. Yeah, you're exactly right. We are a generous country. We're a welcoming country, and we always should be, and I'm proud of it. Uh, but that generosity, I think, should only extend to the people who have followed our laws, whether they're citizens uh, or newcomers to this country. You've got to follow the laws to get into this country to begin with. Uh, so what the Democrats are doing in flooding in these illegal immigrants, of course, you know, they're going to come back after a while and they're going to say, we need to give amnesty to these illegal immigrants that have come into the United States. Your position on giving, granting amnesty to illegal immigrants? You know, I, think, I think it's a big mistake. And, I, and look, I understand that people want to be compassionate to those, you know, some of whom were children when they came into this country. Uh, illegally, uh, obviously hard to blame a four-year-old kid. At, at the end of the day, if you give amnesty for crisis, you actually encourage more and more people to come, because the message it sends to the next generation of illegal immigrants is, well, look, if we break their laws, they'll, they'll out of an abundance of compassion, allow us to stay, allow us to vote in elections, allow us to become full citizens. We really have to stop that. We have to send a message to everybody that we are a country of law. First and foremost, everybody has to follow the law from the President of the United States on down, and if you broke the law to get in here, you've got real problems. Well, that's right. So I want to turn a corner here a little bit. We have seen in the news in the last few weeks, of course, we saw in Florida with Governor DeSantis signing a bill about, really, it's an anti-grooming bill, uh, and parents are shocked and abhorred by what they see being taught in public schools, especially in the primary level uh, grades, kindergarten, first grade through third. This is what that bill was. It's really an anti-grooming bill. I mean, that they're thinking about talking to these young children about sex is really, uh, really angering to parents. But that's what the bill was. The left calls it, oh, the no, don't say gay bill. That's crazy. That's not what it is. It is about you know, on the flip side, it's like, no, it's an anti-grooming bill. And it's like, oh, don't say that. Yeah, well, that's what it is. We're calling you people out. So, you know, let me ask your question, you know, along those lines, because 
uh, one of the things that we have in our uh, survey, it's this question. Parental Rights Act clarifying that the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children shall include their education, health care, discipline, and religious training. Do you support that? 100% and I support the Florida anti-grooming law. would love to see something like it in Ohio. I know something's been proposed recently. You know, the, so crazy about this to me, Chris, is I, I really don't think the Democrats were this crazy 10 years ago. Uh, you know, obviously I wasn't a Democrat 10 years ago. I didn't agree with them on most matters of public policy. But the idea that you would want to force six- and seven-year-old children uh, to be exposed to sexualization, to gender identity, it's just so beyond the pale. It's the sort of thing I wouldn't have believed if you had told me two years ago that this would be happening in this country. I mean, th- thankfully, you know, we're learning uh, we're, that, this is, that this is happening. And I say thankfully because, you know, if we didn't know that it was happening, we wouldn't actually know what to do about it. Uh, I, I think that we, we do. I mean, I, I love this idea of a parental bill of rights because we're reaching an inflection point, it seems, in this country where we need to get a little bit more aggressive about protecting the rights of parents. Uh, I, you know, I, I, in Cincinnati, uh, there have been a couple of really bad examples of parents who didn't want to give their kids puberty blockers for gender transitioning and have the state come in and take their children away from them. Uh, you know, you really worry that unless we fight back against this stuff right now, we're going to wake up in a country where, I mean, God forbid, you know, Chris, I, I was baptized a few years ago. I've, I've sort of gotten uh, you know, back into my Christian faith that I was raised in. You know, are we going to wake up in a country where 10 years um, Ten years from now, uh, teaching your kid basic Christian principles about family and morality is considered child abuse. Uh, are we going to wake up in a country where if you try to take your kid to church on Sunday, uh, you, you you have to somehow protect them from the things that are taught from the pulpit? I mean, this is, this is a really dark road we're going down, and I think we have to protect the rights of children and parents as best we can. So what we heard this last year also, um, the teaching critical race theory in public schools. Obviously, these are divisive studies in the classroom uh, that uh, America was inherently racist, that uh, basically, um, you know, America was never good, this kind of thing. And unfortunately, this is the kind of narrative that these young teachers are bringing into the classroom. They got it from college, from their professors. They're taking it with them into the classroom. Your uh, thoughts on teaching critical race theory in the public schools? Well, I don't think we should be teaching it anywhere, because what it does is effectively break children down into seeing themselves as members, first and foremost, as uh, members of a racial category and not as American citizens or you know, even better as, as children of God. Uh, I, uh, there's this lieutenant governor of North Carolina who's a real firebrand. I think he's a great guy. And you know, he put this in a way that I thought was really, really fascinating. And he said, look, uh, we should be teaching our children reading, writing, arithmetic, some basic civic virtue. We shouldn't be teaching them how to go to hell. And, and when we teach children to, to put themselves into racial categories, and to like one another or to dislike one another based on their skin color, that's exactly what we're doing. Then. We're leading them down a very dark pathway. If you really strip away the critical race theory stuff, I mean, the, the Democrats say that they don't teach critical race theory in schools. Of course, we know that's a lie. Um, you know, kids don't come home with, with handouts, say CRT in big black letters at the top of their handouts, but we know it because we're seeing the curriculum that's, that's infecting our schools. Uh, we got to stop putting federal money into this stuff we got to get it completely out of our schools, um, and, and, I, and I think we have to do, we have to be aggressive on this. We have to go on offense on this issue. 
There is really no uh, rest for the weary on this thing. What we have seen this last uh, number of months is, of course, the competition on the collegiate level uh, with the swimming. Uh, Your thoughts on allowing biological males to compete in women's sports, obviously transgender males competing in women's sports. Uh, We saw this where the NAACP, they allowed um, the NCAA, they allowed this this man who says he's a woman to compete with the women all the way up to the collegiate champion level, denying the true champion from getting her moment. Your thoughts on that? Well, it's fundamentally unfair. You know, I've, I've got three little kids at home. Uh, we just had a baby girl four months ago, and she's you know, our first girl. And, and, of course, what an incredible blessing to be the father of, of a baby girl. And, uh, look, man, I, this is just basic human biology. Boys and girls are different. Men and women are different. And the effort to, to put biological males in female sports, we have to fight it. But we have to understand where it comes from. You know, they're, they're trying to abolish basic complementarity of the sexes. God made them. We're trying to make it impossible to think like that in this country. Uh, that's what the 42 genders or the 85 genders or how many ever genders they say there are. That's what this, this biological males and, and female sports thing it's all about a left-wing effort to try to abolish the notion of sex and sexuality as is created uh, by, by our creator. Uh, th- this is why it's so profoundly dangerous, right? I mean, this isn't just about sports competition. This is about whether we can raise our children with a natural understanding of their own place in the world. That, that's really what we're, 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 we're fighting a war over here. We're talking with J.D. Vance. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate. The primary is coming up on May 3rd. And uh, if you want to see what's on your ballot as a sample of the May 3rd primary, also the Secretary of State has this, what's on my ballot. We're going to have a link on our website, what's on my ballot. Uh, If you click on that link, it will take you to your county board of elections, and you can actually enter your name and find out what's going to be on your ballot on May 3rd. J.D., uh, as we uh, wrap this up, I want to get your uh, view view on pro-life. The Dobbs decision is imminent to come down from the U.S. Supreme Court. Many are hoping that it would strike down Roe v. Wade. Would you be in favor, indeed, if Roe v. Wade was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court? I I, I would, and I think we're close to getting there. And, you know, this is one of those things that makes me so proud to be conservative because I'm 37 years old. Every day of my life, uh, Roe v. Wade has been the law of the land. And to think that there are people uh, going back generations who are fighting this fight and are on the cusp of winning it, um, I can't claim credit for it. I think that you know, I've done my small part maybe in the last five, ten years, but uh, this is something that, that predates even even before I, I was walking this earth, and I think uh, I'm very excited. I, I feel like it goes to show that if we really work hard at something and, and we don't lose hope just because we have some temporary setbacks, we can accomplish big things. And of course, as you know, Chris, better than I do, uh, the next fight in this is going to be whether we protect the life and uh, protect the unborn at the state level and really create that culture of life uh, that, that our children deserve to grow up in. That, to me, is the big question here. Because Roe versus Wade really doesn't end the fight. It just changes what we're fighting about, and it changes how we're going to have to protect the life of the unborn. Okay. J.D. Vance, candidate for U.S. Senate, thanks for being my guest today. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to be with you. Thank you so much. And again, these uh, broadcasts are provided as educational purposes only. The Ohio Christian Alliance does not endorse or support any political party or candidate, but provides the information to the general public. You can visit our website at ohioca.org for the voter guide. Thank you for listening.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.